All right, here we go. Soundcasting Network, Studio 212, South Lake E in Seattle, Washington. This is episode 13 of Grill. How long steak, mister? 15 minutes. 15 minutes. Thank you. Hello. I am Robert Stills. Uh, to my, this is so weird me being over here again. Uh-huh. Uh, you are to my left. Yes. Across the way. Uh, this Miss Hello Echo Hawk. Say hello. Hello. And then directly across from me, we have, uh, will you please say your, your name correctly? I, I don't know if I can say it correct. John Paul Espinoza. John Paul Espinoza. Why, thank you for coming here. He is a uh, professional butcher. We will get into more uh, more about that soon. Uh, he's a good friend of mine, and welcome to the show. Nice to be here. Speaking of the mic. It's warm. It's warm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, have you listened to the show? One of them. One show. Yes. Which episode? I don't remember. What did we it talk was- about? kitchen and (laughs) uh dealing between back of the house and front of the house people that's what i remember the most of it that's that's usually a subject Uh that we talk about a lot pretty much every episode (laughs) (laughs) all right so uh yeah we're gonna kick it right off we we usually start off with a couple updates about our our job situation maybe we'll we'll get you in on this Mm -hmm. we will get you in on this uh ladies first how's how's altura Altera, it's a lot of the same, just issues. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, There's been a lot of quail eggs. I've posted some pictures. I saw that. If you people have not, don't follow us on Instagram. You can follow us on Instagram. Uh, It's at... Grill, how long steak, mister? Right, same name as the show. Yes. Quail eggs were bawling. God, just so many quail eggs. How many did you do? Um, That picture, there was... Uh, 60 I believe but that's nothing it's normally like 80 or 100 that's just that's like just daily and it's just so annoying they're so fragile they break so easily and it's just so frustrating how many are you I mean how many broken ones are you throwing away and what do you do you don't throw them away right no we, we throw them away we, there's nothing we do with them what? after no they there's nothing I asked I asked I was like do I save these? What do I do with them if they break? And they're just like, just throw it away. I was like, are you sure? Bullshit. They're like, yeah, we can't use them. I was Think like, about the homeless people uh... out there. Don't have quail eggs to eat. I was like, okay, I'm just, this is a total waste. Like the food cost. I was just like, okay. Yeah. So it's just, it's just thrown away. Just so frustrating. Okay, so just a lot of lot lot of it's getting. Is it getting better though? Is it getting easier for you, or do you feel like they're uh, riding you less? Do you feel like you're um, part of the team now? Uh, in some aspects, yeah. in, in some aspects, but for the most part, it's just it's just the same bullshit. Haters gonna hate. Haters gonna hate. Well, I don't know. Um, honey hole. Yeah, I mean, maybe I feel like part of the team. I feel there's some disconnect there in the kitchen, you know. Everybody's, you know, they're just trying to tighten everything up. And they're in the process of doing that. And I don't know if I'm helping or hurting that situation. I always try to ask and have an open dialogue with my managers. I don't think sometimes they know how to to talk to people in the kitchen. But I'm somebody that's very easy, easily approachable. And uh, I try to keep open dialogue with everybody in the kitchen. There's, you know, some people in the kitchen that, you know, man, people talk shit. I'm just not for that shit. I am a very direct human being. (laughs) And if I have a problem, I'll say that I have a problem with you. Very much so. And I feel like some of them there just smile on your face and talk shit behind your back. But, 
you know, it is what it is. I, I have a smile on my face. One of my coworkers did say to me the other day, I work with a lot of girls, younger girls, and uh, she had texted me and said, hey, you know, they have attitudes and that's fine. I'm all for it. They're women. Nothing uh-huh. against women. Uh, but she said, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to say who it is, but she said, just text me and said, I want to thank you for putting up with us crazy girls in the kitchen. Uh, she goes, we got one that's pregnant. Oh, <laughs> uh, me, I've been on my period for over almost two weeks now. Oh, shit. And the other one is just the other one. <laughs> and I knew what that meant. And I, I told her, you know, I think it's fun. It's nice to, you know, see craziness. And, you know, as long as you can hone that and get the job done when it's time to get the job done. Yeah. And, you know, we're handling it. It's I guess we broke the record the other day. My the owner told me today it was a like, great job on Saturday. You beat the record. I was well, felt didn't feel like it. It's banging oh, it out. Goodness. So it's good. It's mellow. I, I'm enjoying it. Um, I don't know. Yeah, that's where I'm at right now. Oh my goodness. Learning all the positions. It's nice to n- know everything and not feel like you're less less than anybody else that you can actually do it. Uh do what they do too. So now it's just tightening it up and making sure you can do everything with your eyes closed. Yeah. That's where I'm at. JP. Hi. Work update. Where are you? You usually have like five jobs. First of all, tell us uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, um, I'm John Paul. I moved here to Seattle <laughs> about 18 months ago. Um, I've been in more or less the food industry my whole career. But uh, two months from now will be my 10th year being as a butcher. So it's almost been a decade. Now, where, where, where were you trained at? Culver City uh, Meatpacking Plant in Culver City, down in Los that, Angeles. Los Angeles? Yeah. You got to make sure we got people listening around oh, the world. Yeah. yeah. Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that was your first job uh, in the culinary um, yeah. um, world. Before then, it, there was no customer. It was a meatpacking plant. So there was no customer service, no interaction with any customers. We broke down and packaged beef to be shipped out to grocery stores and any vendors. Okay. So before you came up here to Seattle, you had never worked in a restaurant. No. And where was oh. your where was your first mm-hmm. job at when you got here? Um, Bell and Wheat. Bell and Wheat. I Bell thought you were at, I thought you were yeah. at Whole Foods. No, no, no. I started Bell and Wheat before I started at Whole Foods. Yeah. Okay. It was all about the same time. Like that when I had those like five jobs. That was all. <laughs> it started with Bell and Wheat, then three sixty, uh, then I was working at a. Wow, shit, a pizza place for like three weeks. Just for <laughs> um, and then Whole Foods, and then it all was like driving me crazy. We'll get, we'll so get, much. we'll get into the, we'll get into Whole Foods in a second because I'm very interested in the the butchers at Whole Foods and just working at Whole Foods together. Um, but quick story about JP. So uh, at Bell and Wheat, where I worked for, I don't know, a year and a half, maybe something like that. Something like that, yeah. Um, they they do in house sausages, right? Yeah. Pretty good. I had my own, you know, problems with the sausages and it was a, you know, trial and error and everything. But the problem was, was like, you know, I'm not that good at making sausages. You know, you have to get better. It takes time. And a lot of people there didn't know how to make sausages. And we were having a really hard time because we were trying new recipes and stuff like that. Uh, so it would take us a considerably long amount of time to actually, actually get the sausages into the casing and make them look good. Okay. Then uh, we we decide we're going to hire a butcher. Makes sense. So we stage a bunch of people. 
And basically the person's job there is going to be to butcher the meat at Local 360. Uh-huh. Come over there, do butchering for us at Bell and Wheat, right. and then make our sausages for us. Uh-huh. So we staged a bunch of people, and they were eh, whatever, you know, okay at sausage making. They look good. Yeah, that's fine. And then this motherfucker comes in there, baller, baller, <laughs> and just like it, whatever took me an hour to do, uh-huh. it literally took him ten minutes yeah. to bust out those sausages. Sausages. So immediately the head chef comes up and asks all of us, you know, what do you think of this guy? And we're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Hire him <laughs> immediately ASAP. And since then, you know, I have become friends with John Paul. And for a long time, I wasn't able to hang out with him because he's always working constantly. So, yes. So now you're still at Whole Foods, right? Yeah. And you are back at 360 in Bell and Wheat? Uh, only 360. And occasionally I'm more like on call. If they have like a sick call, they just need some help, have short day, have a party happening. Um, yeah, I'm work there like once every other week. Okay, so you're not. I'm just the, yeah, I'm just on their payroll. Yeah, yeah, basically. All right, so that's not too terrible. Oh no, it's not at all. It's like yeah. when, when I go there, I'm like, ooh, I got to go to 360 today. <laughs> yeah, I haven't yeah. been there in a while. I'll go is, say hi to everybody. Is it, yeah. is it easier at local 360 or Whole Foods? Oh, 360 for sure, most definitely. Yeah. I'm a prep cook. That's a piece of cake. Stressful <laughs> about that. No. All right. Now we were talking. I had this discussion with you. It's a union job at, no. at Whole Foods, right? Nope. I thought you were in the butcher's oh. union. No, I, I was in the butcher's union down in Los Angeles. But coming up here, Whole Foods doesn't. That they're completely uh, segregated from any is, unions. Is that because it's like Washington, or is that just Whole Foods in general? Just Whole Foods in general. Okay. All right. Oh, that's super interesting. Yeah, yeah. that's oh. part, that's part of the reason like why I work there. The butcher union or the meat cutters union is really cool. The meat cutters the, union. Yeah, but the cool. Well, represent what's me. the what's the number local what down in California? Yeah. It's sixty two. Shout out. Shout yeah. Meat cutters sixty two. Man, good for you guys. I hope you're listening. <laughs> if not, you're all assholes. <laughs> <laughs> no, we have some on, on Instagram and on uh, Twitter. We have. Several meat cutters, meat, <laughs> oh, nice. meat butchers. Yeah. Shout out, shout out all the meat cutters. Yeah, I, it's something that I, I mean, I wish I, I really want to go work at a butcher shop. Mm. Just yeah, to me learn. too. I, I, I hate that I'm not skilled in a lot of areas. There's been a yeah. couple people that I've worked with that were chefs that, for that very reason, you know, they wanted to have a full understanding of like all the culinary arts. So they would work in a meat shop for a while and learn how to cut meat. Yeah, it's a, it's an amazing, amazing talent. To watch somebody butcher up a giant piece of meat and you watch the cuts form. Absolutely. Was that you that sent me that video of that dude breaking down that that whole cow? Yeah. In Australia? Yeah. Oh my lord. In- insane. I'll post it so quick. I will post it tomorrow when we post this video uh, post this um podcast. Uh when we get it up live on iTunes. I will post that video on our Facebook page. Yeah. One of my culinary instructors, Chef Sarah Wong, shout out. God, she's so amazing. She's a um, uh, master butcher. She's, you know, she's incredible. And I helped her out a couple times um, with some stuff at the Seattle Meat Collective. She's fantastic. And I wish I could, I don't know, be just as little bit as cool as she is with the meat cutting. I've gotten, since I've moved up here to the Pacific Northwest, I've got really good at fish. We work yeah. with a lot of fish. And so I've been working more with fish than I have really beef or uh, pork. Uh-huh. So um, 
Yeah, man, I kill it at fish, but uh, not the meat. Now, back to Whole Foods. I'm very interested. Now, is there a reason why their meat is so fucking expensive? Um, a lot of their farms that they, that like, <clears throat> the farms that they supply, or they get all their supply from, they're a lot smaller. And they have, like, really strict standards. Whoa, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Mike fail. <laughs> um, they have a lot of standards that have to be met to be able to be sold in the store in the first place. And to meet all those standards, it kind of cuts back on the profitability and how much you can actually grow. Uh, uh, a big part of that is their feed. Like when they've, it's a vegetarian feed and there's no, <clears throat> no corn basically and no, no genetically modified ingredients in the feed. So it, it costs a lot more for the feed costs a lot more for the, um, now are we supposed to take whole foods word on that. We are all the we're um, all the farms are inspected by a third party. Nice. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, that's nice. And th- those third parties are different depending on which farm it is. Now, sorry, sorry to interrupt. Do you know if they those farms do they have an agreement with Whole Foods to only sell to Whole Foods? No, no, they they don't. Okay, no. so they sell they can to sell whoever farmers markets. They can sell to a local place. Yes, and each they can sell to Safeway. Yeah. Now, Whole Foods, do they have a, is it, is it certain, far, only certain farms in a, you know, is it shipped from Colorado? Is it shipped from Kansas? Is it shipped from Eastern Washington? Like, does each store, just depending on the Washington store, is it getting the same beef at the, our Whole Foods as they're getting in? No. No, it's not. No. Um, certain things like Buffalo, for example, there's only so many Buffalo farms in the United States, and there's even fewer that meet the standards that we require to be able to sell our work. So we go through great range. They're out in Colorado. They supply to the entire all of North America, whereas beef, we have um, country natural beef up here in Washington, which is sourced from Idaho and Oregon, whereas in California, there's a source from Nebraska beef, which is funny enough that Nebraska beef, the company has farms in California. Because <laughs> I always thought it was getting driven out from Nebraska the whole time. Yeah. But it's actually uh-huh. from Central California, just owned by Nebraska beef. Okay. So, how many people does it take to get it from the farm to a Whole Foods store? Like, how many hands does it, hands touch? Does it touch? Yeah. Is it directly to Whole Foods? Like a distribution yeah, center, yeah, our distribution center, and then they maybe us. chop a cow in half. Um, no, all the all the processing like that is going to happen at their facility. So it's going to get processed. It, it's going to get slaughtered at the farm. Yeah, taken to their processing plant, which is less than a hundred miles away, and basically broken down to the primals. Yeah. And then those primals are going to be shipped to our distribution center. Now, we explain to the listeners out there what that means? The primal cuts are the individual muscles, like a, a whole strip loin, which is your New York steak, a whole top round, which, which you get your London broil from, I love when you a talk whole to shoulder, like <laughs> um, a whole chuck, which is part of the shoulder. But um, yeah, the, the, the whole cuts that you're going to get are I'm, the primals. I'm aroused right now. I know. I mean, yeah, this is, this is awesome. This is one of my favorite things. Yeah. Uh, very interesting. This is, uh, I didn't think I was going to be so interested in talking about Whole Foods. I know. Now, do you personally, do you shop there? Yeah. You fucking shop there, man? Yeah. Why wouldn't he shop there? I can't. Do you get a discount? Yeah. Uh, how much? I, of course. Well, so starting people, like when you first start working there, you get paid uh, or you get a 20% discount. But health insurance offers this thing where if you if you hit um, they have like a 
like a health test basically takes you like your it's like a uh, like a physical and if your boss Maddie or your body mass index hits a certain percentage, <laughs> you get a higher discount. No yeah, way. Yeah, what yeah. the yeah. hell? I thought that was the most fucked up thing ever. <laughs> and then when I finally uh, went and got it, I got like an extra 7% off on my team member discount. If you get like a, a really good score, you get like 10% more. That you is... can get like 30% off everything what if you're in great shape. Fuck? That is yeah. bananas. You would yeah. think that the, the unhealthy people will get the yeah. bigger discount. Yeah. yeah. When I first heard about it, I thought it was the most fucked up thing ever. <laughs> you know, I was like, up. that is so unfair. That's crazy. But um, I think it's sweet now. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it works out into your advantage. Uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, so what? Are, so yeah. So um, yeah. You've uh, now what I know about you is you have um, you've came back. You've you've went on trips to over to Europe many many times since I've known you. And you were trying to tell me to tell the audience the story about you trying to work over in was it Belgium. In uh, Denmark. Denmark. Yeah. Now you went to Tomorrow World. Yes. In and, Belgium. In Belgium. Uh-huh. And you scored a free ticket and got in. Yeah. And then you decided you were going to try to stay there. Okay. No, uh, the, I was going to try to stay in Denmark. That <laughs> yeah. was, it was like three weeks after uh, Belgium. And you, and you got a job doing what? Okay. I think we're getting stories mixed up here. <laughs> you travel so much. Yeah. I don't know. All right. No. So over the summer, I never, I never was able to get a job at like a, a store or whatever. I was staying at a friend's house and I ended up working for her boyfriend's boss and we worked at an event center. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the, and then, tell, yeah tell that story about the carnival rides. And yeah, all yeah, stuff. okay, it was the okay. same one. Uh, yeah, it yeah. wasn't, they were carnival rides. It was, uh, the place was stationed in this like beach resort city in Denmark, like a really <laughs> tiny one where there's only like beachfront houses and stuff on this little island and part, um, to generate extra money, we had like an inflatable play place land for like, kids, like right next to the bowling alley. So in the morning, we'd have to uh, drive the truck out there with all these, you know, giant inflatable structures. Those things are heavy as fuck. You know, yeah. they were deflated and rolled. They weigh a couple hundred pounds. So we'd have to like drag those fuck, pull them out outside, set them all up, and inflate the whole thing, and then leave someone back there to charge kids ten bucks to play in there. That's and then the so rest awesome. of us would go back to the event center. But you only spoke English. Yeah. So I never got left there. I just I just helped out, set it up, and then they took me back to the event center to do like odd job shit. That's so funny. Now yeah. now you were trying to you were trying to like you were trying to stay there and live there. Yeah, and I, work. Was, I was trying to get uh like a residency visa yeah. or something, but this was in August. This is the exact same time when all those Syrian refugees are flooding in. Oh, uh, yeah. And um like the embassy and immigration, like there was lines out the door every single day. You had to, you had sure. to, you had to go to the embassy though to get yeah. back home, right? Well, no, that, that was the U.S. embassy. <laughs> I was trying to get like it, it was all fucked, dude. Um, <clears throat> so <laughs> I was trying to go to like the Danish immigration to get like a residency visa and, or try to figure that out, get a work visa, something. You know, I didn't even know where yeah. where to start yet. I yeah. was trying to get some instruction, and uh, they were kind of like you're just here on vacation. Like we got all these other people are like, you know, fleeing like a war right now. You know, you, you go, just go talk to your embassy. <laughs> yeah. And they kind of like literally just like politely gave me the boot. <laughs> and then I went back to the embassy and I was like, Hey guys, like help me steer me in the right direction. Like help me get a, where do I go to try to get a job here? And after like four hours of talking to them, they're like, we're going to buy you a plane ticket back to the United States. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to send you home. We're going to send you back home. They're like, yeah. we're tired of dealing with you. And yeah. you, you always come back and you always have a job. You always have a butchering job whenever you come back. Don't burn your bridges, man. I guess. Yeah. I, I got that problem, man. 
Every, 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 <laughs> dude, everywhere I've been, I could get a job back anywhere I've ever worked. I get That's fantastic. Fuck you guys. I'm fucking out of here, man. <laughs> suck, my, suck my balls. <laughs> um, now, oh yeah, we didn't talk about you. Wanted, you tried to start your own sausage company for a while, too. Yeah. Yeah. What's going on with oh my that? God. Such good I sausages. Basically, lost my uh, my business partner, and he handled all like the financial parts and all that. Like, I just wanted to be the the chef of it and yeah. have him run all the financials and get the permits and all that side. And now that he's gone, I'm like, I don't want to fucking do that shit. But we should, it, we should get up I, on that, man. Until I, I suck it up and figure that out and do. I know myself. some. I know some people that are good at running numbers, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not so good at that either. Because you should do that. God, I can't even describe to you how good his sausages are. They're so good. I, I, I'm sure his sausage is really good. Hello. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I mean, w- you've had his sausages. I, uh, <laughs> you've had his sausages. You got to make sure mouth. to say it plural so no one gets it mixed up with anything else. New Year's. Yeah. New Year's was fun. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Shout out Eric Hoffman. <laughs> It was fun. Yeah, thank you for inviting us. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, uh, so we're gonna do we're gonna play a little game show right now. Yeah. I need applause. Uh, yeah. uh, we're gonna we're gonna quiz JP. Yes, just for fun because I want I want I want to watch him sweat. He usually for, plays for it pretty cool. Giggles. What kicks and giggles? Mm-hmm. You know, use the S word. No. Okay. <laughs> Not for this one. All right, Hillel's gonna be running this. All right. Uh, coming to you now from Studio Two One Two. This is what was the name of the show? Oh, I forget. But- <laughs> Butcher, Butcher me softly. Butcher, butchering me softly <laughs> with your host Bobby Stills, <laughs> your analyst. Hello, Echo Hawk. But coming to the stage, we have John Paul. Welcome, John Paul. Hey. <laughs> All right. Now for each question, you're gonna win one punch to the face. <laughs> For each wrong answer, you get one kiss from Halal. So I just just started saying everything wrong? <laughs> I don't know. All right, Halal. I'm interested. I haven't heard these questions. I have not been prepped. Maybe we'll battle each other. All right. I'm going to get them all wrong. But anyway, okay. how many questions do we got? Um, There are... 92. 137. Nine? Oh, perfect. All right. Perfect. Nine? Am I counting this right? Because there's some like uh, questions mixed in, just like personal questions. You know? Okay. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Okay. Um. Okay. What? How many types of beef are there? Types of beef. Yeah. Like uh, that are grown for consumption. Well, that's a good question. Are we talking about like the grading, or from like black Angus to wagyu beef to grass fed beef? Uh, um, like to like to or species. Like to grass fed to that kind. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm guessing four. Wrong. Ooh, Ooh what, she has the answers. A, yeah, what is it? I have the answers. I, you can't tell. That gives him the advantage. No, I would think. No, it doesn't. Yeah, well, you got to wait till both of his answers and see who's right. Because maybe I am right. I agree with him. <laughs> yeah, four. But, I, but I'm kind of. I'm just guessing right now. Uh, there are seven. Seven. Now, yeah. now I'm curious as to what are we talking about? Like, is grass-fed considered a species or a type of beef? It's a type. A type. So there's conventional beef, grass-fed slash pasture. Um, there's uh, corn and grain, vaccines, and growth and hormone. I'll take the growth and hormone for a hundred. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why I have man boobs. Is like I eat all the hormone. And- okay. Um, Wrong. You get a punch in the face. Ow. 
<laughs> okay. What is the difference between wet and dry aging? Uh, dry wet aging is when you hang it up into in a cooler, uh-huh. um, and just let it age for usually about like two weeks or so. And it's basically the meat's like decaying in there as the mm-hmm. enzymes start to break down the meat, um, making it a bit more tender and presentable for the customer. Dry aging is it's um, is also in a cooler with a set humidity mm-hmm. and ultraviolet lights, usually to prevent like bad bacteria from growing. You keep meat in there for about three weeks to some places do up to six months. But Hell's yeah! I would say uh, the. More commonly, the most is like 90 days. Three weeks to 90 days. Which do you prefer? Like, date-wise? No, no, no. Which dry or wet? Dry-aged. Most dry aged. Yeah. And uh, as it sits in there and it starts to, like, decay, um, probably by the third week, it's a complete scab. It's literally just rotting in there. Yes. There's a scab over the entire outside. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you're going to present it, you got to take it down, trim all that shit off. There's mold. It's nasty as fuck. Yeah, uh, you got to have like several, if you want to be sanitary about it, you got to have a couple knives, like one to cut all the mold off and then <laughs> another one to like start cutting Think about this, people, in. when you're going to Metropolitan Grill <laughs> yeah. or anything like that. That's But it's delicious. It's so yeah, good. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, and, and what it is, it's just the, uh, as it sits in there aging, all the moisture is being absorbed out of it and it gives it less water, it gives it a richer taste. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Okay, what is the 90-degree rule, and why is it important? I've never heard of a 90-degree rule. <laughs> okay. Is that the 90-degree to the grain? Uh-huh. Yeah, so cut against the grain? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but that's good tip for everybody out there. Always cut your meat against the grain. Yes. The yeah. way that I remembered when I first started learning it was I was listening to a lot of Bad Religion. It's a punk band, and they have a album called Against the Grain. Why do you cut against the grain? Uh, the fibers, just to make the muscle fibers shorter, so it doesn't. You're not chewing as exactly. much. To, yeah, yep. exactly. Yep. Always cut against the grain. Your meat against the grain, people. Yes. Ninety degrees perpendicular. Be... Ninety, 90 degrees. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, what is the hardest steak to cut? Hmm. <laughs> I actually don't have the answer to this. I, <laughs> well, I mean, that, there, there's it's personal preference, I yeah, guess. Yeah. Absolutely. So, what is your what yeah. is was the hardest? Well, that, that's what I'm thinking. Like, what one I just really absolutely loathe hate doing. Yeah. Um, dead air, dead air, dead shit. air. You know what? Maybe a, um, probably like a flat iron. And it's not so much that it's hard to cut; it's hard to get it perfect. It's gross. Yeah. Okay. okay. Next question. Hello. Um, what is the difference between force and farce meats? Force and who meat? Farsi. <laughs> <laughs> like like uh, force and like sausages, force and sa- sausage meats, fluorescent sausage meats. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like pâtés and sausages. Like what is forced, the difference? Forced meats. Oh, okay. Forced meats. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. What's the difference between the different types? Mm-hmm. What's the difference between jelly and jam? Jelly and jam. <laughs> well, I would assume just the, the <laughs> has to do with the emulsification of fats and then whether they're being cured or not. Mm-hmm. Um, are you going to be hanging it up? Are you just going to be smoking it? Are you going to be adding salt to it, sodium nitrate, or are you just going to grind it once and make a coarse sausage? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, is it weird that I, I, I kind of I'm like talking to the mic 
little sideways. No, that's fine. It's that's totally, fine. It's totally good. You look good. Yeah. I, can't, I can't see your face behind it. Looks good. Um. Oh, where is that other question? It's sorry, I'm all like mixed up in between for the personal questions and. Okay, um, quick okay. one. Favorite so, favorite metal band, black metal band, Satyricon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Um, synthetic versus animal casings. Which do I prefer? Uh, which do you prefer, or like, and what is the difference? Well, an animal casing is going to be. Um, it's like the flushed intestinal lining mm-hmm. of an animal. It's hard to work with. And then I I prefer it over synthetic. Yeah, I mean, because it, yeah, oh, for be, sure. Be, because it stretches. Yeah. And that's the main reason why synthetic yeah. is just, is people like it because it's not part, or typically if someone wants a chicken sausage, but they don't want to pour casing on it, yeah. that's going to steer them away. So they make the synthetic cartridge or casings. Um, they're usually, I think they're made out of like a soy or, soy or a gelatin or a mix of the two. Oh, I actually um, don't know. There's different kinds. Yeah. Those are the only two that I'm familiar with. If it's not a mix of the two. Um, but I always prefer animal casings just because they're able to stretch and they don't break as often. Hey girl, how long steak mister? How long I steak mister? How long steak mister? (laughs) (laughs) Six minutes. Heard. (laughs) You can tell he's not a line cook. No. There you go, people. There you go. Yep. Okay. Do you Uh, know what our show, the name of our show means? No. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay uh any more questions you want uh no 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 i mean just the typical que- i mean no i don't have any typical questions i mean no okay well i have some other questions um okay Personally. we were talking we were talking about this earlier uh this is so okay i okay what kind of kitchen shoes do you have cowboy boots yes slip resist slip resistant cowboy shoes yes are you wearing them right now no i'm not what i, I keep them work they're like a badass I, like, I always thought i pictured you like wearing doc martens or whatever i did oh. for the longest time and they just dude boots go you just tear through fucking boots so fast non-slip like I was, cowboy boots this is yeah, fantastic dude, badass. i look so good in them so excited you also this. wear a fucking duster sometimes too <laughs> yeah i swear to god jp like i didn't know he had long hair and uh-huh. then he because he wears a man bun and yeah. then he takes his hair down and it's like down in the middle of his back and he wears yeah. a duster with like crazy shades. And I'm like fucking Mossberg pump action shotgun. Oh, yeah. That thing. Oh, yeah. And yeah. That's, why, that's why I could only wear that thing when it's really cold. <laughs> yeah. Like, really we talked suspicious. about that. Yeah. yeah. Super creepy with fucking boots and knives on him and shit. Uh-huh. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Your sunglasses are legit. <laughs> <laughs> or he looks like a character from Blade. That's true. Like one yeah. of the bad guys from Blade. Yeah, fucking vampire. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Uh, what knives do you use? Forstner. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, you had a badass saber one time, too, didn't you? Brought in. It's this Forstner. Jesus Christ, that thing is gnarly. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that at work. Um, what is your favorite steak to cut? Top sirloin. Why? Well, if you do it, if you. It's, it could be a really simple steak if you just cut the whole thing as one giant steak. Mm-hmm. But I like breaking it apart into the culotte, the baseball cut, the uh, Las Vegas steak. And that's then what's just, up. Yeah. And then the uh, just your regular top sirloin. And that's, that's, I think that's why it's my favorite is just breaking apart all the different muscles of it along the uh, the veins and the, like, the membranes. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's why. Because I'm really good at it and I make it look really fucking good. And that's why nice. every time I do it, it's like a lot of work. And then I stand back and I'm like... Yeah, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Like, it's like sexy. Look at this yeah. shit. Oh, I, do I do that shit. all day. Ask the guys I work with. I'm always just like, 
you know, I, I stand back with my hands in my head, like, like, yeah, what guys? Look at that. They know I'm cocky. But also, when my steaks look fucked up, I can go to the person who cut them and be like, what the fuck is this bullshit? Mm -hmm. So, I don't think I ever had had that problem with you. We're always careful about that with uh, a lot of, like, meat shops where, you know, they have it in the little packages out in those trays. They always have the most appealing side facing up. Or they have, like, something, a little ugly piece of fat covered up by a sticker. And I'm really picky. I, I'm always telling everyone I work with, like, don't fucking do that. Don't have someone get home and they open it up. They're like, right? oh, damn, the damn meat guys got me again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For yeah. sure. Yeah, that's something to think about. I mean, people go shopping and they, I like to pick up my steaks and feel them and, like, look around and pinch them and stuff. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you don't think about that. Like, they're like, oh, no, that's how we're going to wrap it. Mm-hmm. They won't know the difference. Yeah. No, that's, how, that's what... A lot of butchers do that. They're like, you know, just all I want to do is get it sold out the door. But yeah, the fucking person never going to come back. <laughs> True. Yeah. Yeah. He's scamming. Speaking of, that's a good way to go into our article. Oh, yeah. All right. What is our article? I don't know. <laughs> I don't have it pulled up. That's your job. <laughs> okay. For another question then while you're pulling it up. What is your favorite animal to butcher? Lamb. Lamb. Mm-hmm. Why? Uh I used to live in Iceland. Well, I didn't live, but I was staying in Iceland uh-huh. uh, two years ago on a lamb farm. Okay, my friend's lamb farm, and I got to work with him in like slaughtering them and just breaking them down before he shipped them out to the uh, slaughterhouse out there. Uh-huh. And that was really cool. And ever since then, I've just always had like soft spot. I guess yeah. nice tender lamb spot for that. I don't know. <laughs> T- I, I, tender lamb spot. Yeah, I just like because they're they're small too. I can pick the whole like lamb carcass up like just by itself. <laughs> Fucking yeah, Viking. Those are those are fun to yeah. No, we were gonna go over um, two 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 small articles that uh, Halal brought to my attention this week, and I mean these are things that we just wanted to go over with you. That I mean I know. You know, Hillel knows, but some of the listeners may not know. Um, A New York Times article came out uh, called The Lost Art of Buying uh, from a Butcher. Mm -hmm. And it goes on to explain, um, you know, why it's important to go and purchase from a local butcher. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, a lot of people are just so used to going to a grocery store and be able to pick out whatever cut of meat they have and have the label up on there on that package that you could be buying something totally different and it be labeled something and you not know for sure so why don't you explain to people maybe why it's a, a better to go to a local butchering shop and actually get to know your butcher um yeah Give them some pointers. Well, you get like a uh, human interaction. Even that article said that exact word. You get a human interaction with somebody. Um, if you don't really know what you want to do, I get people all the time. Like it, they've never, they're 80 years old. And they're like, how do you cook a steak? You know, you're like, what? I was going to ask you. <laughs> um, but like when people don't know exactly what they want to do, you can talk to someone and be like, hey, you know, I, I don't want to grilled and I want to use the oven. What do I do? Right. And they can tell you, all right, well, this cut, this cut, this is really good for that. Oh, you got this many people. That's a little bit too big right there. How about we, you know, and you get to have someone guide you and help direct you. You can talk about like what you're thinking about making and yeah, you kind of, you get some guidance from someone that's doing the dealing with shit all day long exactly. and it's their job to help you. They're yeah. happy to help you. Just be like, or I want something new. Like what can you, I, I always cook this and this and this. What is something new? Yeah. What's an, or a different cut that is not out here. I, I, I look at, so the way that I, I've tried to explain to people about the difference between going to a grocery store and, uh, and buying from the 
the case, the meat case, and then going to the actual butchering counter and speaking with somebody is it's kind of like buying clothing, right? A shirt's a shirt's a shirt, a jacket, uh-huh. a pair of pants, right? You go, you look at the racks, right? Yeah. Or you can go to the counter where the tailor is at and they can take that shirt and they can customize it to suit your needs. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, you tell them what you want, what you're looking for, and they may be able – it's a personal stylist too. They'll take it and they'll you know trim it up for you, cut it up for you, however you like, slice it thin, make it thick. Uh, they'll do what – you know they'll, they'll walk you through it and they'll tell you. If you're doing something wrong, you create uh, – a relationship with that dialogue. that person. Yes, an open dialogue back and forth. And when you go home, you try something and you tell them what didn't work for you, you can work it out and you'll, you know, you'll be the hit of the summer. Yeah. At that barbecue grill. So I highly recommend uh finding a local butcher shop and also you mean you go to them enough, they're going to give you a discount. For sure. They're going to throw they're going to throw you some stuff for free sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know? Um and they're always you're going to get preferential treatment. They're, they're going to save stuff for you because they know you're coming by. Or they're going to, you know, save the best piece for you. So that's one, you know, yeah, you should go and uh, make friends with your local bar, <laughs> local butcher. Yeah. Any butcher shops you go to in particular? Um, I go to the butcher shop. Um, oh, my God. I've completely forgotten its name. That's so embarrassing. It, it has also the greatest... Reuben sandwich I have ever had. Where's it at? Um, it is right by Holy Smokes. I'm so embarrassed right now. I, I mean, I like the one that's in uh, Melrose Market. Uh, uh, that's also fantastic. There this was is... there was one in the market too uh, that was it's right below Can Can, and I went there for years and years and years. But uh, they sold it, and it's kind of went downhill since then. Oh, really? You got any particular ones you like? There's one in Anaheim, California. That was the last like, one <laughs> that I used to go to. Um, it's called Wheaton Sons, and it was it was in a little tiny what used to be like a um, yeah actually the the building used to be the Anaheim meat packing plant. Now it's probably about two dozen small uh like food businesses ranging from like uh a barista to a small butcher to like a, a little fish market do they a still small they saw the butcher shop in there yeah they just opened like, like two a, years ago it's like a market then it, yeah, it became like a little mall kind of that's that's being popular we're going to talk about our article on wall street journal about that but we don't have the time to do it today so we'll have to have you back in here all right we're going to move on to ingredient of the week um that's how we usually close our show and since JP was our guest, um, where we let him pick, and what did you choose? Blue cheese. Now, why did you pick blue cheese? Well, I was trying to think of a recipe that would mix <laughs> with beef or just meat in general, and right now I think blue cheese is a great ingredient to mix with red meat. Okay. All right. Well, uh, do we want to let Hello go first? Um, sure. And um, it's the butcher shop is Market House Corned Beef. Um, God, I can't believe I forgot. Where's that. the location at? It is on one 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 two four House Street in uh, here in Seattle. I have about seven hundred pounds of corned beef corning right now. What's up, man? Hook Dang. it up. Yeah. Hook up your boy, dude. It's got about another month to go. All right, holler at your more peppers. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hello. What's your what's what's your take on uh, blue cheese? Um, I'm gonna make a blue cheese dressing. Um, so you want a nice soft blue cheese, kind of like a dolce blue cheese. Um, you're going to get parsley, thyme, and a level of pepper. 
um, salt and pepper. This is all the taste. Um, a quarter cup of red wine vinegar, three quarter cup of vegetable oil, um, and just blend that and you're good to go. It goes good over like a chicory salad or um, some kind of kind of hearty greens. Delicious. All right, JP, what do you got for us with that blue cheese, sir? Uh, blue cheese roulade with a flank steak. That mm. you're just going to get a uh, get a flank steak, pound it out into a little sheet, um, lay down some blue cheese, and then cover that with um, liberally with some blue cheese. Then over that, make a, like a bed of arugula and spinach, baby spinach. Kind of cover that over the whole thing, and then you can add some thinly sliced uh, portobello mushrooms over that. After you have the whole sheet of all that laid out, you're going to roll it up kind of like a like the guys do at a cinnamon roll shop. Blunt? <laughs> kind of like a blunt. You want to become... You want, no, you, you, want to, you don't want to roll like a blunt. You want to become like a spiral. Okay. So yeah. you're going to roll like a giant cinnamon roll. <laughs> That's stupid. Hey, I've been rolling blunts wrong my whole time. <laughs> maybe roll like a big cinnamon roll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Throw maybe like five strings in there to hold it together. Butcher's time. Um, yeah. And... uh just roast it off like that, and you can cut it between the, the twine. You get little what are we, psychedelics. What are, we, what are we roasting it at? Uh, I would do it for 350 degrees, probably about 25 to 30 minutes, and then probably 25 minutes, and then at the very end, turn it up to like 450. Broiler. Yeah. yeah. Broiler but, uh, alert. Broiler <laughs> alert. Uh, yeah, but you gotta, can't put it in the broiler too long. I made that mistake with a nice fucking steak the other night, and I was like, oh, let me get some, uh, let me get some it's done. color on it. No, it was fucking done. Oh. It's like, motherfucker. All right, I'm gonna be doing, uh, I'm gonna be doing, uh, blue cheese, uh, stuffed bacon wrapped dates. Oh. Uh, they're fucking delicious. They're easy to make, people. You're gonna want to get, uh, buy as many dates as you can possibly fit into your hand because you're only gonna, you don't want to do this very often. No. But, but it's just so annoying. Yeah, but it's delicious, though. Um, yeah. Buy as many dates as you can. You're gonna want to make a little slit in the side of that with a paring knife. You want to pop that pit out. Mm-hmm. Um, you're gonna take some, uh, blue cheese, whatever blue cheese you like. Um, Mm, I don't know what kind of blue cheese. What kind of blue cheese do you recommend? There's so many um, different I, kinds. I recommend something that won't fall out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Um, yeah, something a little, a little crumb, more crumblier, not creamier. Mm-hmm. Um, stuff that thing. Pack it as full as you can. Make sure it seals back up. Um, you're gonna want to take your bacon, wrap it around there. You can put a toothpick through there if you'd like. Mm-hmm. Um, just trying to make it unravel. Um, you want to do that to every date that you have there. I would recommend grilling it, uh, putting it on a grill. Might start a fire. You're gonna want to put some aluminum foil on there, um, but. If you don't do it on a grill, you can do it in an oven. You're going to want to put an oven at 450, 475, and you're going to put that on a sheet tray for 8 to 10 minutes until that bacon shrinks up and gets nice and crispy. Pull those out. Let them cool. Make sure you don't burn your tongue and enjoy. Yes. Sounds delicious. All of that sounds delicious. Yeah. yeah. So blue cheese, yeah, all around. I wasn't a big fan of blue cheese for a long time either, but it does go good with a... with red meat. Right? Yeah. Um, that's going to bring us to the end of episode 13. Lucky number 13. Mm-hmm. Hopefully this one's a winner. Apparently Keith said that our uh, listeners have been down by a third because apparently we haven't been doing show promos. Oh. I don't know if that's true. The correlation may not be there. Maybe just our last show sucked. Maybe. So anyway, uh, we would like to thank uh, JP for being in studio. 
Thanks for having me here. Uh-huh. Thank you. Two months down the road. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've been trying for a long time to get you on the show. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're working our way across the board in the restaurant industry. You we know? are. Yeah, I got to get a server in here so I can just yell at them. <laughs> uh, I want to thank the Soundcasting Network for hosting us. Uh, I also want to give a shout out and encourage listeners to check out some of our the other shows on the Soundcasting Network. Uh, this week we're going to be talking about Evil Petting Zoo for a minute. It's hosted by Bob and Todd. Uh, have you listened to it, Hello? Um, no, I have not. <laughs> well, whenever I'm down here and they're recording or something like that, I have to leave the room because they talk about uh, all your uh, TV shows, your movies, your comic book stories, all that good stuff, nerd culture, which I'm into. Oh, I have listened to that. <laughs> yeah. they're, good, they're good guys. Uh, they're pretty funny. Uh, so check them out uh, at Soundcasting Network. Uh, it's under Evil Petting Zoo. And uh, be sure to uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. Just look up Grill How Long Steak Mr. That's Mr. MR. And then uh, like us on Facebook at Grill How Long Steak Mr. Mm-hmm. Follow us on Instagram at Grill How Long Steak Mr. And then uh, Twitter at how long steak mister that's right people uh once again thanks for supporting us uh we hope you enjoyed this show and we will talk to you next week bye grill how long steak mister five minutes out eat a dick bitch